Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries, a.k.a. The Word Church. And we are talking about grace. It is still Easter, just after Easter as we produce this show, and we want to talk to you about grace today. Grace is one of those things I think that we sometimes don't understand. We yes, realize, she is. We realize that... We can't save ourselves. I talk to Christians all the time, and they realize they couldn't save themselves. They know that there's no one righteous, not even one. They realize that they couldn't do enough good works to get to heaven. But for some reason, once they have been saved through grace, by grace, through faith, once they put their faith in Jesus, that somehow or another now they have to do some sort of works. And so... At the point where they say, you know, I've been saved by grace. I understand I've been saved by grace, but now what do I need to do? I know there's, I, I now I have to follow the Ten Commandments. Before I didn't follow the Ten Commandments, but now I've been saved by grace. I need to follow the Ten Commandments, right? I need to, to follow the law. And I tell people all the time that we have been saved by grace. We weren't saved by the law. We never could be saved by the law. And in the same way, the law isn't going to con help us to continue. Somehow or another, we've got to convince people that we are saved by grace and we will continue on with God because of his grace. We are saved by grace through faith, and it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to love. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to show kindness and peace and joy and all those things. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those things just naturally happen to us. And so this idea somehow that I have been saved by grace, and now I have to follow the law. Now I have to follow the Ten Commandments. Now I have to do things right or else God won't love me. Somehow we have got to get past that idea. Somehow we've got to come to the realization and help people. We, you know, the show's Faith on Fire. We have got to show people that once you're saved, it is not about the rules. Once you're saved, it continues to be about God's grace, and it continues to be about God's mercy, and it continues to be about all those things that God is doing in our life, not us. It is not as if we're going to now clean ourselves up. Oh, now I'm a believer. I've, I've put my faith in Jesus, and now I've got to clean myself up. No, 
Jesus cleans us up, and he cleans us up from the inside. I was talking to somebody just the other day, and they were talking about this. We were talking about, they said, people don't change. And I said, what? And, and this is a believer. They said, people don't really change. I said, well, then we're wasting our time because that's what God's about. God is in the change business. Right, right. He changes us. He makes us into a new creation. And they were like, no, you know what I mean. Once a person's like a druggie, they're always going to be a druggie. Or once a person, you know, like a child molester, they'll always be a child molester. I said, no, God's in the change business. This is what God does. That's the Apostle Paul. He changes people. But for some reason, even as believers, we've got it somewhere in our heart that once a person is such a way that that's the way they'll always be, and there really can't be anything different about them. They can't really change. And this is where I think that we put God's grace in a box. And we say God's grace can only do certain things. God's grace can only help certain people. But there are other people, the things they've done in their past, the things that they are doing now are just so bad that God's grace can't really do anything about them. They can't be changed. They're just, they're that way and they will always be that way. I want to convince people. I want to help people come to realize that God's grace is available for everyone. God can change anybody. And that's the business that he is in, is changing people. So if you're listening and you're hearing and you've thought about anybody that you know, any race, any neighbor, any coworker, that that's just the way they are and that's the way they'll always be and there really isn't anything that can be done about that, you've got to come to the realization that God's grace changes people, that God is in the change business and that's what he does, and he does it from the inside out. Amen. And as you were speaking, oh, man, all kind of scriptures are just flowing through me. And this this is one of the, the latter ones. And God's able to make all grace abound towards you. And, and again, we have to realize that uh, when you get saved, you, you got saved by a saving grace. God's grace and mercies are, are new every day. They're new every day. So it's just not a one-time grace. It's a, it's a continual grace. And another thing, you were saying how people want to follow the Ten Commandments. And again, as you were saying that, a couple of things jumped out to me. What The Scripture says, uh, follow Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, and the Scripture says that Christ is the end of the law. So, and follow Christ. Christ is the end of the law. Jesus came teaching and preaching about the law of love. So I guess you are commanded to love one another and learning how to love. And Jesus also said in Matthew, come learn of me. Well, well, he is love. So that's the only thing we really have to love. Remember one of the greatest commandments that you love one another? Yeah, Jesus said the new commandment I give you over in John 17, that you love one another. Well, he says the whole, the whole law hinges on two things. Here it love is. Love God with right. all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. So that's it. So that's all you have to basically learn. You learn to love. And again, I, I always consider the Testaments love letters. God's word is love. Actually, in First John, it says God is love. So study the love letters and 
and abound in them, and you fulfill the law. <laughs> you fulfilled it. And it's just the scripture talks about in James, not just being a hearer of the word, but a doer. And, and just start doing what God says do, and you fulfill the law. And that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the results of what God Well, says. that's the fruit of the Spirit. See, right. that, that, <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that. The fruit of the Spirit the first one was is love, love mm -hmm. then joy, then Everything peace, hinges on love. then patience, then kindness. All these things come to us naturally through, through love. the Spirit. Right. So we don't have to follow the Ten Commandments. We follow the Spirit. That's why Paul talks about, he says, you know, we all know what the sinful nature desires and all those things. He says, here's what the the fruit of the Spirit is. Here's what the Spirit desires. So he says, so I say to you, live by the spirit we are not to look at the ten commandments and go there's the ten commandments i need to follow those what god wants us to do is follow the spirit well again live by the spirit and as we i i tell people i told them yesterday at easter services i, I just want to compel people more and more study the word of god just don't read it study it get some rhema out of it study it scripture says study to show yourself approved a workman who need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth once you start studying the word and once you pray before you start studying and ask God to give you understanding, I believe he'll do that. He'll start revealing the deep things. Talks about over in Corinthians, what man has known the things of a man except the spirit of the man that's in him. And, and the spirit reveals the deep things of God. And God will start revealing things to us through his word. Most of the revelation is not in the black. It's in the between the black and the white. It's in between. So when you pray and ask God to give you understanding, He'll do that. And uh, where was I going with that? Uh, law, love, uh, grace. Yeah, yeah, it's grace. His grace is just, oh, I was thinking about as you study the Bible, you'll, especially the New Testament, you'll, just the Old Testament too, you'll see God's grace all the way through it. How well, that's people, the whole point of it. How people should have got this, but they got this. They got favor, grace. They get, Jesus extended grace every way he went. The woman that was caught in the midst of adultery, the, the law said stoner. Grace said forgiver. And, that's, see, and that's she the, accepted she accepted the grace. That's the way grace is even she to all said, of us today. She should have said, no, give me what the law says I deserve. No, she received the grace. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. We all want to receive grace, but and again, with receiving many much as you receive, you should give it back. You got to extend it out too. Because that's how you, you can receive more. But if you don't give any out, it's hard for you to receive. But we need everybody has been saved by grace all yeah. throughout the world's history and are still being today because right. what we all deserve is punishment. We all deserve death. The wages of sin is death. Right. And we all that's what we all deserve, but we don't get what we deserve because God has given his grace to us. Right. And I just think about this. After the fall in the garden, uh, God could have just canceled this whole life thing. That's what we deserved. He would say, you know what, I'm done with, with people. Uh, Adam and Eve done messed it up for everybody. But he says, no, I, I got a plan, a plan well, of redemption. Well, it was going to include some grades Well, see, and then you humanity. look at it, and then you get into it even more than that, and you think to yourself, he knew they were going to mess it up before they even did, so why right. even go through the process anyway? Well, it's because he wanted to be able to show his grace. Right, and, and he wanted a fellowship with it. With, with people he wants to, we he, are his crowning achievement we are and actually you were talking about people can't change i was reminded of the scriptures over in corinthians it says we're being transformed into the image of his glory 
That's what God says. We're being transformed into the image of my glory, the glory of Jesus. That's what he says. We're being conformed into the image of him over in Romans. So I, I beg to differ and I believe people can change. But I guess you can't change uh, by yourself because Jesus said in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. No but thing. isn't it amazing to you? Because I know you have too. I've talked to Christians that really think that there are people that, yeah. that well, they can't change. Well, that they've always been this well, way. Well, now that tells me you have not so learned Christ. Because again, if you look in the scriptures, oh Gideon, God, David, the list goes on and on. God transforms the hearts of men, the hearts of people. That's what he specializes in. Right. If God can't change people, then we're wasting our time. Right. Because that's the whole point. We're wasting our time to do what Jesus told us to do. Go and make disciples, teaching them to observe right, all the things they he taught us. they can't change from what they are right. now, what's the point of going and speaking to them? Right. We might as well just stay home and just let the whole thing go to hell in a handbasket. But no, God so loved the world. He says, Well, no. there are a lot of Christians that go home, close the drapes, and think that's where it's all going anyway, so no. there's no point to it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The Bible says hope in Romans. It says hope does not disappoint. Yeah, hope. When If you're hoping in... Especially when you put some God's hope seed inside your garden, which is the word. He said, that's not going to disappoint. You keep focusing, watering those hope seeds that come out the word of God, it's going to grow. That's the supernatural part of God. We seem to just forget about God's a supernatural God well, and he can what, do all things. Right. We, we tend to think of what we could do. Right. We, we can limit do something it. with that person. Right. We can do something with that other person. But. But if we can't do it, then no. You're nobody right. You done. probably can't do nothing, but God can. Scripture says, with God, all things are possible. So we're believing that God's going to intervene. I tell people all the time, prayer is basically us asking God to divinely intervene supernaturally on our behalf. When we pray, we're asking him to supernaturally intervene on our behalf. That's what we send prayers up. Because usually it's something that's too big for us when we're praying. <laughs> so he's like, I, I can handle it. That's why he told us men ought to always pray. Because there's going to be some circumstances and some things going to come in your life that's too big for you. But he says, it's not too big for me. I can handle it. And we, Jesus demonstrated that all in the New Testament. All up until Lazarus, who was graveyard dead. And, G, and they said, Jesus, it's too late. Go back home, man. I told you. You should have been here hours. Jesus said, I, he will resurrect. We, we know he's going to resurrect. And then, no, no, Jesus, you don't understand. I am the resurrection. I can do this. And then Jesus prayed. He said, Father, I already know. Well, just for these cats over here that don't believe, let's go ahead and do what we do. And the Father was pleased with that request. And he, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. They had already mummified him. Right, I mean, he, 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 it was he, too late for Lazarus, man. Like they couldn't do nothing else. Lazarus, it was too late. Well, no. see, and the interesting thing is that Jesus tells them to take his grave clothes off. Right. He could have taken them off, but he did. See, he did the part he could do, and then he and then the people have to do the part that they can right. do. But see, we got to remember those things. That's why I tell people study the scriptures. And the Bible said the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your. Jesus said that the Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance that I said to you. That I said to you in my word. That's why I can just come up with this as we're talking because I'm studying the scriptures and I'm remembering through the Holy Spirit what happened. He's bringing things to our remembrance. He's bringing, the scripture says, the goodness of the Lord leads one to repentance. Well, see, and then as we celebrated th uh, Easter this week, mm -hmm. Jesus raised from the dead. He right. was dead. You know, I, I talked about this in the sermon. His friends, his disciples, they knew he was dead. 
Oh, yeah. He was dead. They was at the crucifixion. They saw <laughs> him dead. This isn't a case that they wondered if he might be dead. They wondered what. They knew he was dead. Some of them took his body over to the tomb, right? When, when the women got up that morning, they were going to do something that they weren't happy about having to do. They were going to anoint his mm -hmm. body. They didn't have time to do it before. Now they're going right. to do it. They didn't get up that morning and say, Let's get up early. It's Easter sunrise service. We're going to go celebrate and we're going to go worship. It's Easter sunrise. No, they were going to do a sad, somber duty. And when they got there, they hear from the angel, what are you looking for the living among the dead for? Luke chapter 24, verses one day. Why are you looking for the living among? He's gone. Uh, he's risen. He's not here. I mean, they knew he was dead. And so when, the, when those women go to the disciples with this story, they're like, uh-huh. Sure. So Peter and John run to the, the tomb just to see. But I, I always try to put myself in these places. And so you're there with the disciples and they hear this crazy story from these women. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's alive. He's not there. And you wonder what you would have thought. Yeah, right. He's dead. I know he's dead. I saw him dead. And yet they, Peter and John go. And then Jesus shows himself to them, and he is risen. And this is really critical for people. Sometimes people think, I think, as Christians, that Jesus raised from the dead yesterday morning, or on Easter morning. And then somehow midnight that night, he died again. And we're waiting till next Easter so he can be resurrected again. <laughs> Jesus resurrect him every has day. been alive ever since that first Easter. Now, I got a revelation, and I said this yesterday at the service. I say, yes, he's been alive since... That resurrection day way back when. And that's the only holiday that we celebrate every Sunday. Right. We, we do it we do a mini Easter every, every Sunday. Sunday. Every Sunday. We're celebrating. That's why we worship on yeah, the first yeah, day. Yeah, right. We're, yeah, that's why we do it. We're having a mini Easter service every Sunday every because week. we still believe he's already risen. Right. So yeah. every week we are celebrating he is alive. Well, that's what we're doing. Now it's a we, mini Easter. We once a year take a special time. But every yeah. Sunday, it's a mini. It's a preview up to the big one. <laughs> it's a worship of He's alive. Yeah, he is that's what it is. You know, we we like to sing a song in our church because He lives. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard it. We got one called He's the Living Word. Right, because He lives, mm -hmm. I can face tomorrow is mm -hmm. one of the verses of that song. But you got to sing songs like that throughout the year because remember, it brings to your remembrance, let you remember. Oh, He He's He's still alive. And right. and here's the deal: we understand is Christ. Alive in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. In joy, in sorrow, in victory, in defeat, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter where we're at. He is there. He mm -hmm. is always with us. And, and his grace is always with us. You know, that's what, you know, our subject is now, his grace. He's always with us. You know, I just look back on my life. You know, I sh I've been in car accidents, shot at, all kind of things happen. And I, I just know for myself that it had not been for the Lord. And his grace and his merciful, his keeping his hand a blessing upon me. I should have been gone, man. I, I used to be a wildland firefighter. I used to go into forest fires with fire raging all around me. And here's the deal. Some of my colleagues didn't make it out. They, a lot of them. Just last year, a lot of them died. And I, I say, wow, God, you've, you've been merciful to me. You've extended your grace. So I, I'm appreciative of that. And I never... In my prayers of thanksgiving, I'm thanking God for his amazing grace. 
goes, I, I sh- know I should have been gone. I could have been gone. Well, see, and then it's just every day. Yeah. Every day. It's a life, saving grace there's, every day. There's things that happen to us in life that we don't plan on, that we didn't expect to happen to us. Mm-hmm. And he is there and he, and he extends his grace to each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And it is so important for people to come to understand what grace actually is, is that grace is there for us. Not just when we got saved, but for every day after. I like after. what one pastor said is, grace is not, is not something you say over your food before you eat. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say our grace. No, it's a saving grace. It's the power of God. It's his favor on our life. That's what grace and is. And it changes people. This is this is the aspect of it that we're talking about the most today. Is, right, it changes is, is people. Is how it changes people. And the need for us as Christian people, one of the reasons why I think that Christians are so lax on the Great Commission, one of the reasons why we don't always go out, and when we say the Great Commission and we're talking, we're not talking about you got to go to China. We're not talking about you got to go to Africa. We're talking about in your own neighborhood. We're talking about where you work, where you shop. All the One of the reasons why we don't go into the world in that situation with the Great Commission is that we sometimes don't think that God really does change people, that that some people just aren't ever going to be changed, that some people can't be changed, and it cannot be said enough that that's what God does, is that grace changes people. It makes us into the people. You know, we've talked lots about Romans chapter 12, about being renewed, our mind being renewed, and be transformed into light. That's what God is doing to us. That's what the if, transformation if, is. If <laughs> we can't be changed, then none of that can actually happen. None of that is real if if God can't change people. And I know people that will say, yes, but I was always pretty good. I, would, I never, I've actually talked to people who say, I never lied to my parents. Now, I when people tell me I never lied to my parents, I just figure their memory is shot. You, you want to cast that lying demon out of them. <laughs> I mean, their memory's got to be shot. Cause are you trying to tell me that you never, when your parents said, who ate that cookie, you never said no? Uh, I don't know. When they ask if you had your homework done, you never said yes when you didn't. I mean, you never, ever. And, and you talk to people, and there are people that are Christians and have been Christians long enough that they start to think that they never did sin, that they never did really do anything wrong. And so, of course, it was easy for them to get saved because they were always pretty good. But a person who is bad, a person who, who's into drugs or alcohol or any of the really bad stuff. The bad sins. The bad huh? sins, you know, because yeah. there's the good sins. Yeah, there's the good sins. Why gossip not that bad, right? Not, well, why is it in the scriptures it? of him telling us well, not to do it? Everybody does it, so it's not that bad. You know, oh. everybody does it. You know, so that lying and that kind of stealing, you know, like paper clips and stuff from work, that's not so bad. But boy, those drugs, boy, the alcohol, well, you, you know the boy, those said. things like that, that's the bad stuff. Over in Galatians, it says that unbelief is a sin. It says that the children of Israel could not enter into God's You trying to tell me gossip's a sin? Yeah, yeah, but just un- unbelief in, in, in that Jesus is the Christ. Unbelief in anything that, God done that by God's faith is sin. Well, yeah, un, anything, yeah, anything where you believe that God's word is not the truth. As a Christian, especially, you're really sinning. If you just think, "Oh no, I can make up my own uh, faith as I go," no, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, is death. You gotta 
believe that God's word is the truth, the way, and the life. And Jesus is called the word of God. So if your faith is not 100% in him and in his saving grace, and you, you're led by the flesh as opposed to being led by the spirit, well, you're, you're in sin. A lot of people don't like to think that's sin. You haven't hurt, you haven't did anything wrong. You just have what the scripture calls in Galatians an evil heart of unbelief. Well, see, we, scripture said that's sin. There's some things that we do so much we don't even think of it as wrong anymore. No, no, no. Most people. I was drive, telling you about my, my, my relative this morning. <laughs> I mean, most people drive five miles an hour over the speed limit. To the point where they don't even think that's wrong anymore. That's the normal that's now. Just, that's normal. That's what you, and if, if you were driving 30 in a 25 or 40 in a 35 and the police gave you a ticket, you would be outraged. Right. Because everybody does that. I'm that's doing not even what wrong. I normally do. But I mean, yeah. most of us think that's not even wrong anymore right. because that's what everybody does. So there's sin in, in life. Gossip is one of them. Other sins that everybody just seems to do so much that they don't even think of it as sin anymore. And since that's not really that bad, of course God's grace can cover that. Because I know a lot of gossipy Christians, man. That's what they do. They'll sit and talk about yeah, the pastor. They do They'll talk about it. Yeah, they don't do they drugs. They don't do alcohol. Yeah, they don't do drugs. They do some prescriptions, though. They don't, you know, <laughs> I mean, they don't do any of the bad stuff. Right, 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 right. So as long as they're not doing any of the bad stuff. They're okay. Then we're okay. No, no, no. We're all saved by grace. Yes. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short glory of God and, and we don't all... and you know in some ways I think we need to forget our sin we can't we can't live in the past yet at the same time I think it behooves us every once in a while to remember that we weren't perfect and that it was God's grace that saved us so the next time we're tempted to look at somebody else and judge them and try to to think that they can't be saved to remember how God saved us that it was God's grace that saved us. I'm convinced beyond a shadow of doubt, one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul thought anybody could be saved was because he remembered the things that he had done. Well, he did. He declared himself to be the chief sinner. Right. He said, and, I was the chief. And it's like, <laughs> if God can save me, he can right, save anybody. Right, right. And that's how I think we kind of all need to take that. Well, you know what? That's, that's my attitude me, right there. Anybody. That's my attitude. If he could save me, there's hope for anybody. And when I look at the Apostle Paul, when I see... And study what he did and how his life was before his conversion. Well, yeah, if God can save Paul, <laughs> I, I'm nothing. Right. And yet somehow that has to become our mindset for every believer. Mm -hmm. That if God can change me, he can change anybody. Get away from, well, of course, I was always But you know what, well, here's good. the deal, though. Sometimes we seem to forget about the Apostle Paul. Well, and, we think that he was always perfect. Right. We think he was already well, wrong. Right, right, right. Not knowing his story. That's why you need to study study the scriptures to show yourself approved. Well, and that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Faith on Fire. And uh, we just want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire. 
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.